Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 18. It reads, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to him, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since the disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought in Peter. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teachings. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I have said. When he said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If what I said was wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right... Why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters, so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king? For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. 
But you have a custom that I should release one man to you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So for today's nugget of truth, we're going to focus in on Pilate's words in verse 38, as they're taking Jesus to the Roman rulers as the second step of this trial, since they're not able to crucify him or to put him to death by any of the means under their own law because of the way in which Rome is controlling that area. And so they realize that and they say, hey, that's why we've brought him to you is because we can't put him to death under our own types of rules and regulations that we have here. So they take him down to Pilate, but I really want to focus in on this response that he has after he's been speaking to Jesus. And what we have is kind of Pilate's final words to Jesus here in this passage, as Pilate says to him, what is truth? And as we think about that question, we need to look back at what he's saying. And Jesus said in the verse before, he says, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate responds with this cynical response. Uh, that's something that's very common in our day. Just the definition of, hey, what is true? How do we know what it is? How can we look at these things? You've said these things. I know these things. What is really going on here? Pilate's response here shows us that he's not of the people who are hearing Jesus's voice, but instead of those who are not. So the kingdom that Jesus speaks of is not a kingdom that Pilate is a part of. But I want to focus in on that question because he says, what is truth? And I think that that question should have been more of a question than a statement. Pilate says it here as a statement. What is truth? Why are you trying to speak these things to me? I know what's going on. You're not really a king. Whatever he wants to say in this point. But at this point in our time today, what is truth should be a question that we're focusing on. It should be something that we're trying to discover and trying to display. But at times, people care more about their opinions than what is the truth, or more about their own desires than what is the truth. We look back at the people here in this passage, Caiaphas, Annas, the other religious leaders that are bringing Jesus before Pilate and bringing him to this. If they had answered this question or even had decided to look to find the truth of this question, to find the solid answer for that question, they would not be doing what they were doing. Because their own convictions, their presuppositions, whatever it is that we want to call it, besides what is true, have clouded them from actually seeking the truth. And we understand that this was certainly all a part of God's plan for bringing Jesus to where he was going to be on the cross in this specific time that he was going to do that. But as we look at what's happening it's amazing how this is so close to the actual pursuit that they needed to find the truth, but that the fact that they're doing it wrongly keeps them from doing that. It keeps them from attaining what they seek. And so we understand that as we are giving the good news of the gospel, as we are sharing that with others, they might respond with cynicism that is actually very close to the truth that they need to understand. And in some ways, that points to us what's keeping them from responding rightly to the gospel. Pilate's response here is, hey, I don't know what's true. I don't know what's going on. You don't seem to know what's going on. These people have brought them before you. I'm just throwing you out here. I find no guilt. But he doesn't really respond 
to what is there because Jesus is displaying that he is the king to him. He's talking about his kingdom. He's talking about the truth of those things. Had Pilate responded to that, responded to that invitation of the gospel, the rest of the story would be radically different, I believe. But remember, this is all a part of God's plan. But as we share the gospel, as we share the good news, the truth about God's kingdom versus the kingdom of the world, the truth about the different things that took place for Jesus here, we need to understand that when people respond with these different thoughts that are surrounded in what the world is teaching and surrounded in what is prevalent at this time, what we're really seeing is it's giving us a glimpse into their reasons for unbelief. And hopefully that gives us a very specific way that we can be praying that God would break down the strongholds of the dominion of darkness over the heart of this person so that they're softened to the cause of the gospel and they're softened to the hope and the truth that's possessed in that. And so as we think about Pilate having this courtroom situation with Jesus, I like to picture the thought of the people that we're evangelizing to having that same sort of judicial system going on in their mind. Both sides are presenting a case, what I think is true and what this person is saying. And we want there to be a definitive speaking of the Holy Spirit to them that displays to them the truth of the case before them and calls them to a great response to the gospel by the way that God has been revealed to them in that presentation. One of the questions that people might have in this passage is, why is Peter singled out and not John here in the middle section when they're talking about being his disciples? And so when we look here at verses 15 through 18, what we see here is that there's actually several indications here about John in his relationship to the people in the situation as well as Jesus. It says that he was known to the high priest and he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. And so as they're going, they're going in with Jesus, but Peter is the one who denies that relationship. A lot of people talk about the fact that this person would have been known, that person being John, would have been known to not only the high priest, but he had also probably been known as being a person who is a disciple of John the Baptist. And so we don't see any element of John denying what took place in the story. But we also need to remember that Peter was the one who was told that he was going to deny him in the specific period of time that we're reading about. And so that is what is being focused on here because Peter is the one who made the bold statements previously. It doesn't mean necessarily that John had everything figured out and wasn't willing to deny him, but in this situation, he is known by the people who are there. So he certainly would have been known that, hey, you've been with John the Baptist in the wilderness, who also wasn't a great friend of these people, and he would have been known that he had been one of his disciples. So Peter's context with those people is what's in question question here, not John and his relationship. The people know John. They know he's one of Jesus's followers. So his identity and relationship is not questioned. It's only Peter's who was perhaps less known to the people in this situation, as well as to the masses in terms of his relationship to Jesus. So maybe that was your question. Hopefully you see all the text helps us to answer that. But whatever the question you might have from this passage, find that question Find ways to answer that, whether that be with the people around you or the tools you have at your disposal to help you to glean from God's word and to grow in your understanding of how he's progressively revealing himself to you and drawing you into a greater relationship with him, whereby you respond in obedience to how he's revealed himself to you. Know today you are loved. You're-